Hey everyone, it's Tom here, back again with another edition of Alpha Metallica. I'm I'm getting used to this again. This is this is a lot of fun, you know. I know I'm ragging on these songs a lot, but this is a lot of well, that is a lot of fun to me. But you know, we're back here with 72 seasons. You know, we are working our way through this admittedly huge. I mean, 77 minutes. This record. It would have been nice if it was 72 minutes. And to be honest. Now that I say that, they could have definitely shaved five minutes of this record. It'd still be fucking too long, but, like, they could at least shave five and, like, sculpted it in 72. But, you know, that's their choices, and I am here just critiquing them. And today we have a guest. I'm going to get to the guest very shortly. Of course, follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. Email us over there if you want to come on the show, if you want to chat, all that good stuff. Patreon is there as well. So if you're listening right now, then Luxaturna is ready, waiting in the Patreon. If you want to skip ahead a week, if you want to go to the front of the line, you can listen to next week's episode and support us over there. And also other episodes go on there and other ideas and that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, uh, you know, as I've been saying, the guests I've been bringing back are people, you know, that I'm, that I'm fans of as well. Like, you know, in certain capacities, people that do podcasts, people that I just enjoy talking to and, you know, enjoy their work. And, uh, it's Aaron Martell from Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews. Aaron, how's it going? Hey, I'm your life. I'm the one who takes you there. <laughs> Tom, good to see you're back. Good to see Alpha Metallica back. And thanks for having me back. Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, the reason I bring up your show is, like, if if, if anyone out there wants to know what I consider the best Tom Quee that I've ever been, it would probably be, and I think I've told you this before, it was on, I came on your show, you review albums song by song kind of thing, and uh, we did 1984, Van Halen's 1984, and that's an album that I cherish, and that's just an episode that I actually <laughs> look back with great pride. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you, well, you've been a guest a couple of times, and each time it's been great. So, getting into the tune itself, You Must Burn, we, we get the exclamation mark there. Aaron, like uh, like Atlas Rise, you know. Which, to be fair, the exclamation mark is the most metal of all punctuation marks. So. <laughs> it sure is. You must burn. <laughs> and lyrically, is this Het's take on cancel culture? Like you Absolutely. must. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. No question about it. You know, with, with lyrics, you know, like foul fingers, spin, mob mentality. Mm. You know, th- things like that, and yeah. um, you know. Uh, Jeez, I'm fumbling here. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the perfect don't want you around. Question yourself. You may learn like you're being gaslit. Mm. You know, lyrics like that tell me that this is it's cancel culture filtered through the metaphor of, of of witch hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And and this kind of medieval imagery persists, you know, throughout the record. And in the songs we've already dealt with, you know, even the kind of exclamation mark itself makes it feel a bit more archaic to me and its accusations in Shakespeare, people say like zounds and, you know, you see lots of sort of exclamation marks and stuff, but, but yeah, you're right. You don't need to go on genius.com to kind of deduce the lyrics really. Like you say, yeah, the, the mob mentality and that idea and the witch hunt and, you know, but yeah, I like the, um, the, the venture into these more slightly fantastical realms. It's just a shame for me that musically, I think this is a little dead in the water. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Are you a fan of it? I like this song. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this the is album co- as a whole. I'm critic. You know, they're, they're like a lot of their albums post justice. There's tracks down here I like. There's a bunch of meh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what, what I'm finding with this with, with 72 seasons is um, it's a tough listen for me to listen all the way through all those 77 minutes you talked about earlier, because my ear starts to fatigue at the end because it sounds so 
similar. This album, the when I try to listen to it, all of it straight through, my mm. ear gets fatigued because of the sound of it. A lot of these songs kind of sound samey, if that's a word to me. You know, there's no real ballad. Like there's no real breakup, is there? No. And but what I have found, Tom, and is if I break it up and listen to mm. the tracks either individually or in like little clusters. I can pick up a few things and like even some like I, when I first listened to this album, I kind of likened it to Hardwired in that I liked the front half of it a lot better than the back half of it, which is mm. way. And I still feel that way about Hardwired, actually. Oh, yeah. But now if I listen to those back tracks and separate them out, I can pick up a riff here that I like or maybe, you know, a, a vocal melody here that I like or maybe this lyric is good. So I'm finding that I'm digging the album the more I listen to it. And it just came out. You know, it's only it's only it been did. out a couple of weeks. It's got to sit with us all for a while. It did. But I am finding I'm I'm enjoying it more the more I listen to it. It's Kirk's favorite song on the album, You Must Burn, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's very much like, it reminds me very much of Sad But True, especially through... Inevitably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially through the verses. It's very much like Sad But True. You can, you can well, pick the, it out. I mean, the, especially the, whispery, the drums. Yeah, yeah. Just in the frost and the, the gaps in the guitar, like, you know, yes. just all the space that it, that it leaves. And yeah, it's... Okay, so we start let's just get into the start because i do want to spend a lot of time on that riff because i've got a lot of thoughts on that riff but the yeah. song is introduced in you know classic in its construction really james plays some chords lars provides a syncopated thrust behind and there's a lead line on top that james is actually playing as well kind of complimenting you know it's not particularly invigorating and it does repeat because of course it does it's like this band does not understand what an intro is like, you know, and fair enough, but they just they like to repeat the same thing, don't they? And kind of have a little bit of zest on the end of that. Like, you know, but uh, what do you make of the, the intro? Well, the intro to me is when I first heard it, I, I was kind of like you, Tom. I was like, ah, I don't know about this, mm. but they Metallica does this a lot. Then, uh, OK, let's bring up Sad But True again. Sure. The Sad But True intro pops up again before the solo. This does too. I think it's in a higher key, mm. but and so the intro in this song comes in again. And when it when they do that and they're and it's in a high and it sounds higher, there's more energy injected into it, and I like it a lot better. So I guess I'm kind of used to the intro by now. But I, I will I will yeah. concede it's not stellar. No, no, it's just a little derivative, and we get into that familiar riff that sad but true riff. like i'm almost at pains to describe it in terms of metallica's riff because there's so many riffs on 72 seasons where i'm just like oh you, you know what i'm talking about this type of archetypal riff you know this is the one where you just you hang on the e you know yeah. you just sort of you pull off on the g and you just yeah. kind of cock your cowboy hat and then you end with like one or two chords and you know i guess you can bang your head to it and it has a certain you twist but I don't know. I just kind of liken it to, I like the change of pace. They're slowing things down and it's heavy. It's, it's almost, heavy. it's kind of, you know, Sabtalica. It's very like Black <laughs> Sabbath it type is. type thing. And I, I am a massive, massive Black Sabbath fan. Mm. I mean, you can trace, when you talking about metal, I don't care what band you're talking about. When you, the far course. back you trace, it all comes back to Black Sabbath. From, so from, I like from the that. Black Country, from, yep, yeah, from Birmingham. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, Super Norton. But, but no, I appreciate that. I do. And, you know, James comes in and the verse, it just the riff carries its kind of leadenness into the verse for me. And it's just a little trudgy. I mean, this is a seven minute song. 
this is seven minutes and two seconds. It's almost like with that two seconds, they're kind of like, fuck you to the listener. It's like, <laughs> this could have been under seven and we both know it, but we're going to play well, that. You know, 72, you. right? I don't know. I guess, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't think they did that deliberately, but yeah. No, no, I don't. No, I don't either. But they, you know, as we say, James is decorating these verses with quite heavy handed, but still impactful imagery you know the flames growing as high as the anger is rising and you know he's he's always good for this sort of stuff but i just feel that as we sort of progress through this song with the pre-chorus with the chorus you know this isn't a thrasher this isn't really something that's gonna up tempo and 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 whatever and I, i don't know traditionally for me aaron one of the most exciting moments of a rock song is kind of the final line of the chorus and then we kind of resolve back into the riff or whatever coming after the chorus. But the way James, he kind of half-heartedly sings You Must Burn there. And it kind of gives way into that porridge churn of a riff. I don't know. I, I'm not really moved by this one. Yeah. See, I, I guess I get, I guess I disagree with you. Mm, because I, thought, I like... I mean, please. I, yeah, I like that it's... I guess, like I said, I like the change of pace. I like that it's heavy. It mm. thuds in my chest. It does. So that, and I enjoy that chorus riff. It is mm. different than than the main riff that you know the, the yeah. verse riff that we've heard before. And I like that James is singing with that with a real growl on this one. Actually, his vocals on this album they're they're higher. Amazing. Then yeah, and I really like what he's doing. Although he's doing his, you know, the Jamesisms, the you know, that kind of stuff. Which uh, that stuff has always annoyed me. But I do like his vocals here, and you know, you like like uh, like I said, you hear the real a real growl. He sounds Mm. pissed on this track, which I I like. He does, and uh, so I don't mind. You know, you must burn. Okay, he and but I like that. Metallica does this a lot to transition back into their main the main riffs you, you get like the song title or like you know that that resolution mm-hmm, through the vocal mm-hmm. and for me it just kind of works but again I'm I'm likening this to Sad But True but Sad But True is my favorite track on the Black Album I, I sure, should put that sure. out there right away and I liken this to be this album Sad But True so I guess I guess I just equate that and I like this I like the Sabbathness of it you know Sabdalica yeah so, I know I, I guess so it just reminds me a little of uh, bad seed, you know, it's just kind of in that. Oh, kinda... see, to me, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> to me at all. But it's no. just that chug, you know, yeah. that, that kind of yeah, infiltrates like, yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. but but I don't know. It's a it's a, it's a little. It's it's more cavernous than it is kind of awe inspiring for me personally. But yeah, the use of burn as well is interesting, which is something we've explored before. Tackling these songs, you know, James used the term cyanide, um, you know, on screaming suicide, and he, oh yeah. Have, well, I mean, bu- misery on inner morale. Misery is you know, like good grief. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit like he's gonna say fucking Sandman next. He's just gonna say yeah. it in a song. He's <laughs> just like, I don't care. Yeah, he'll yeah. just like in a bridge, and it's just like, I know we had often never Neverland, but that was tongue in cheek at the end of King. Yes. I think. So, yeah. and I quite like that actually. And like, I definitely remember as a kid hearing that. I was like, did he just say that? What? Like, you know. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a nice moment. But but yeah. But the, the point I'm trying to say is burn. Again, I'm not saying Hetfield can only use his words once, and burn is quite a generic word. But the definitive burn is Moth into Flame, the burn. Like, that is a yeah, in, insane that's a great track. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I can I can understand that point of view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm being a little esoteric there, as always. But, you know, as the song sort of continues, uh, you know, after the second chorus, because, you know, the, the second verse, second chorus kind of thing are very similar, of course. The band, again, they just like to overcomplicate things, and not in a kind of... 
you know Gentle Giant? I don't know if you're familiar with those sort of seventies proper like nerdy prog. Like I know prog, you, yeah. you, you dig quite deep in the crates, but they're one of these like just insane, you know, time signatures of the Wazoo kind of bands. Like the band don't overcomplicate in this way, Metallica. They just kind of have these little these little picnic baskets of like half riffs that they just kind of like to sort of reflect on and sinews of the song and you know whatever and we have that here and it builds up in key and and then it kind of thunders down and i don't know rob loves this riff that it resolves into but i can yeah. i don't i don't find any any tension any curiosity in it i i i find it a little ugly i don't know yeah, well, are we talking about like that? No, not that one actually. Okay, no, because right. it's quite because this You're is a seven minute song. So. Yeah, 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 I yeah, appreciate it. It's yeah. kind of hard to get a little. Yeah, you get lost in that. But yeah, there is another yeah. kind of one where it's like it's very Sabbathy again, and it's almost like you know James is just kind of playing this scale and kind of you know sliding up yeah. and down and whatever. And yeah, it's and just, yes, yeah, yeah. It's a transitional thing. It and Metallica is. does sometimes overcomplicate their transitions. Like, why did you yeah. decide to do that? And this song does do something that, uh, boy, I, I really never paid attention before. But go, looking back through the back catalog, mm. Lars's drums, boy, the, the snare, the open yeah. snare, and the, I mean, uh, I mean, the open. That was a dumb thing to say. The open hi hat, yeah, and the snare. Wow. I mean, even his fills, he uses the snare so much. It's like you got a big kit there. There's these other drums called toms. They sound pretty <laughs> good too. You know, I mean, uh, I, yeah. But he, he does that throughout this album, and I, I didn't notice that, but that, that's a, a thing that he does. Mm-hmm. He hits that snare a lot. Thank goodness it's not a St. Anger-sounding snare. No! But, uh, but you know, that I, I think that it, it kind of muddles things up, too, when you're listening to these transitional things. He's just, ba 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 he's hitting that snare yeah. all the time for all those fills. Yeah, yeah, no, you are right. It, it, it is a little just, yeah, kind of monotonous and kind of wears into your head. And there are moments in this track that are quite memorable and that I do like. I do quite like the big doomy, like that. that's cool. Like, again, it's, it, you know, it feels a little typical kind of thing. And sometimes Metallica surprised me less and less with their riffs and their music as it goes on. And I don't mean that as an insult, but it's just like, you know, I don't know when you, the, the fight of ideas that litter the first four albums that you mentioned before, which again, yeah. I would have to say, you know, I mean, Kill 'em All's asleep for me. Kill 'em All's better than Seventy Two Seasons. I mean, I know you're going to agree with me there, but yes, like, well, yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yes, but I think a lot of people might not necessarily agree with that, as, as opposed yeah. to number three. But, uh, but I mean, but again, it's a roundabout way of saying that I do really like that riff. Uh, what you're, yeah, on. well, that's the callback to the intro, except yes, doing it does kind of in a, in a higher yeah, key. I think they're, they're playing that, mm-hmm. and then they add the the harmonized on the sec on the second part of it after yep. you know later on they add that in and that sounds really good and boy i am a sucker for bass slides and i just oh, love yeah. that no, I no love no, that no. i love what rob is doing yeah yeah, so. yeah 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 very very primal beautiful and you know yeah the the yeah the bass i agree as well like the i mean it's not saying guitar slide isn't great as well you yeah know, i don't think you can do you can't really do like <laughs> i guess i guess keyboard i guess john lord in deep yeah. purple may have may have done the occasional uh glissando or whatever but yeah so we have this section this slightly jagged riff i'm gonna say it's phrygian it's probably not but it just sounds a bit egyptian-y so i'm just like yeah it's got that sort of mode to it and you know it's it's hella satisfying and then um then kirk enters and you know i obviously not a huge fan of mr hammett's solo work on the 72 seasons um mm-hmm. but what are you what are your thoughts on the on this solo well, I think it's better than the stuff that he was doing on Hardwired. You know, I mean, I, I, True. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an entire return to form. But he's using his tricks. You know, like he's, you know, Mister Wah Wah, repeating yep. his licks, 
mixing the melodic and speedy runs. I mean, I I think it's good. It fits. And it sounds like he's put a little more thought into it than just winging it. I don't know. That's, that's how it lands for me. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't... I mean, it doesn't start terribly, like, because there is this riff underneath, and Kirk kind of careens off that. Yeah. But he just gets a little too trapped, in my opinion, in that sort of samey patterning. And, you know, we'll just be stuck, and he's, he has to go high, and he has to do some some widdly riddles up there, you know, and, and kind of, I don't know, be the guitar guy or whatever. But, um, you know, we covered, obviously we covered, as I said, 1984, um, Eddie Van Halen, but his soloing style, I would just use an example of someone who also likes to get into these warped, you know, traffic jam type patterns, but he's very yes. musical, you know, yes. you know, and, and he, he's, a, he's a painter and he's a kind of, you know, an abstract artist as a soloist, more than like a straight ahead kind of storyteller. But, you know, he's similar to Kirk a little bit in that way, not to uh, not to not to insult Eddie or anything like that. But like, you know, they, they employ those same tricks. And the problem is here, it's just not very engaging. And, you know, a good solo can't rescue a bad song in my eyes. I, I'm not a fan of this song, but like can certainly improve it and certainly make it more worthwhile. And I, I just don't think Kirk gives much here outside of the standard kind of bends and, you know, tribulations. I kind of agree it is a standard Kirk solo, especially in his later career. Yeah. But um, you, you referenced Eddie Van Halen. Well, Eddie Van Halen was, wrote the song. He wrote all that music. True, so true. he knows what he wants to play over. <laughs> yeah. Where Kirk is just given this, here you go, Kirk, solo over it, and he just has his bag of tricks. You know, he's, he'll stay in that, you know, in the key, in the, pentaton- in the pentatonic scale, and just do his, uh-huh. hit it with the wah, as much wah-wah as possible. You know, that, so that's kind that's... of what he does and I don't know, I, I I think it fits, but I, I kind of gravitate more to the song than you do. So I like what's going underneath it. Like, I hear so, that, dun 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 To me, that's I mean, almost James a nod is... to Slayer for <laughs> Raining Blood. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big part of the Raining Blood song. So I wondered if they did that purposely to kind of like, you know, say, you know, mm. hi to the boys, because they're retired now. Some but big that's all I can think of every time I hear that. Yeah, that dun-dun, yeah. dun-dun, dun-dun. Oh <laughs> but I God. like that. It will be just you bringing that up. It just made me think it will be a dark day when none of the big four are around. Oh, like, I know th- that is the day the music died to me. Like that, it is... will be for me too. Yeah. Although respectfully, not Anthrax. Oh <laughs> really? Just, oh, I love just... Anthrax. I love Anthrax. <laughs> but uh, on 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 you must burn <laughs> on the song. Yep. So Kirk did yep. speak about this song, as I say, and he was talking about his solo. And he, this is the full quote. He says, "It's my favorite song on the album, and I didn't write any of it." That Sabbathy <laughs> middle riff that James wrote is epic. And I love the guitar solo. I can't remember playing any of these guitar solos, to be honest. This is an actual like, official Metallica publication. So it's amusing yep. to hear them again. I get to pick and choose what parts I want to play live and what parts I want to change. And that's beautiful. Kirk, if you wrote something in the first place, then you wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, boy, that doesn't, that's not a, a vote of confidence, is it? That's a weird. <laughs> how did they let that through? That like that's a weirdly candid quote there. Like yeah, I know he's really saying it's, he's saying it's beautiful, but it's like it ain't. It really ain't. It's it's tragic because he memorizes the solos live. He plays them note for note in concert, mm-hmm. or at least he attempts to replicate it. Sure. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's very odd. But again, but again, Aaron, I must say, as much as I stag on Kirk, he has written some of the greatest solos of all time. Like this is why it's kind of. I guess there's not many players like him still out there, right? Still doing the lead thing. Maybe like, I don't even know Judas Priest, any of those guys. Like, I'm just thinking there's no one else who's been doing it for like 40 odd years and just 
Kirk takes a lot of grief for his playing. I think some of it is undeserved. I mean, you listen to his Ride the Lightning album. The solos on there are just, they're mind-bending. Fade to Black intro is one of the greatest ever pieces of guitar music. Like, oh my God. His solo and the the title track, Ride the Lightning, is just unbelievable. And I know we're going way back now. I mean, No, 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 but Cthulhu solo, like, oh yeah, no, no. Come on. But yeah, so he's capable. You know, I mean, I, I think he changed his style a little bit. Well, it changed his style radically for with the Black Album. You know, and he he went further down the rabbit hole with the loads. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he, now he's got all these things he's trying to assimilate into his playing now. So, yeah, it just... It, and a lot of these guitarists fall into, like, these bag of tricks. This is what I do yep. when I play. And you go... but So it makes it recognizable. But at the same time, you go, yeah, Kirk, I've heard that before. So... It's, but I, but- I, I still... You know, I still think that he's... He's valid. He's an important part. Like when Saint Anger, yeah. when he, he, he his absence and Saint Anger, those solos, I was like, "What's going on? This is wrong." You know, I, I guess I'd almost like to say I'd rather take a crappy Kirk solo than no solo at all. <laughs> really? I guess that's where I, I guess that's where I stand on it. I mean, I just you know, part of the reason I like Saint Anger so much is because there aren't Kirk solos on it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but also in terms of the quotes. Robert just said on what we spoke about before the the bass break, the midsection, James and I came up with this on the road and there was originally a bass break. I was straight out pulling from some of the classic Aussie songs like Believer and there are backing vocals by Trujillo on this one as well. So good to hear Robert. Well, there you the, go. Yeah, uh, the, the bass, li- the bass uh-huh. slides are prominent in Believer. I love that track. So yeah, there yeah. you go. There's a nod to it with yeah, the bass yeah. slides. Very, very cool. And, you know, it's a song that, again, is very lengthy. We kind of, at the end of the solo, um, you know, we get some Kirk Wah kind of playing over this gnarled riff as well that we mentioned. The song kind of clatters down into the final chorus where, you know, again, yeah, James does sound menacing, undeniably, but it just kind of, I don't know, it doesn't really set my pulse racing, I suppose. But, I, but you know, I am a unique voice here. This song does seem to have been received well amongst the fans. Yeah, well, see, this song is not supposed to set your pulse racing. This one is just supposed to make you bash your head against <laughs> against the wall until you know until, until it caves in. That's what this, this thing. This thing is meant to stomp you into the ground. It's not supposed to get you oh. like going yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a fist pumping, go crazy kind of thing. This is. <laughs> I'm a Steely Dan head. fan. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I am too. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I just want an ironic jazz solo just out of nowhere. That's what I'm yeah. going for. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, this is. I um, think for me, for me, Tom, mm-hmm. this this track does what it's trying to do. It's just oh, trying God, to give yeah. you that change of place, that change of pace. It's supposed to thud you in your chest and just say, you know, this is this is our heavy, slow, sad but true like track on this record, because yeah. they, most of the other tracks don't have. It's, it's probably it's probably unique on the album. I mean, for for the tempo. And the heaviness of it. That's that's how I feel about it. So I well, welcome it. No, 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 no. Well, as you know, it's going to be interesting because maybe this was the flaw in doing the series so soon that I'm just doing it in the afterglow of the album. But right, you know, I don't know. I know I've got a picky music taste, and I do love this band, and I love chatting with you guys <laughs> and the Twitter fandom as well out there at Metallica Pod. So as always, guys, you know that I reach out and just say what are your quick reviews of this song. Ken Hale says great vocal melodies. 
Brave Stalica says, The last half is banging. Also my favourite song on the album, lyrically. It seems to tackle cancel culture, which I would assume James hates. As do I. So I appreciate that Brave Stalica shared his stance there, but I imagine, yeah, James is on that same sort of uh, hate train, if you will. And uh, no, Jeff Beer says, Dude, the song's rad. It's my new favourite from the album. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen says top three song on the album one that grew on me in repeated listens can't wait to hear a live rendition and Rick Nashtag says a boring Danzig like slog the worst reload mashup the lyrics don't fit the theme of the album as they are more focused outward on society rather than James's inward self-reflection it's a shame because the lyrics are interesting but the song is so bad that I'll skip it and finally Nick says it grew on me that chorus is an earworm I wish it was in a lower tuning or a touch slower to really push the heaviness of the song and that bass slide by Rob chef's kiss so the song is you know as I say the song the, 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 this might be the biggest metallic song in the world by the sounds of it everyone loves it <laughs> <laughs> well I, I pretty much like it too I mean I'm not yep. going to say it doesn't set my world on fire <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. burning for it Oh, okay. but okay. I do enjoy it I, I, this is one of my top tracks on the record too yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely songs that I really like on the record. Like, I do actually... Lux Eterna, for me, is a, is a proper winner. Like, that song has actually Agreed. just entered my listenership just straight away. But as I say, I, you know, I love Killer Moore, I love that world. Uh, you know, Too Far Gone as well works for me, Inamorata. It's... I feel like what I critique of one song is what I just critique of the whole album. I think every yeah. song is just simply too long. And, you yeah. know, I, I just... I, I, I think that's kind of... You know, it's fine. It's it's not to say, Aaron, as as you well know, like, you know, long music is is fine as long as it justifies its length. Like, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Mike Oldfield lately, Tubular Bells, mm-hmm. like, you know, Her Guest Ridge. That's two sides, like 25 minutes of pop and, you know, it's very, very indulgent synth <laughs> prog wankery, but it's, it's kind of nice when the light hits. But, you know, it just, something like You Must Burn, which is seven minutes, it's like, I, I don't know, that's almost like, it, it, I don't know, it, it's like an act of a short play. Like it's just, it's quite a long time and it just doesn't justify it for me. It, okay. And I feel part of it is because it has that sort of slightly, you know, tready kind of rhythm to it. But again, that that's, you know, quiet taste. And there's other examples of that throughout the music, but I, I, I don't know. For me, it doesn't land any, any final thoughts on you must burn. Well, I would say that I believe Tom with repeated listens, this one could, I feel that this is a grower. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to express my opinion, but I, I think we've I both done that very well. I will agree with you, though, that like, like as Metallica, they've always kind of been like this. They Some editing on this track could, you know, could help it. it a shorter sure. runtime on, well, most of the tracks on the album would help it. I mean, this was, so Lux Eterna underlines that. But uh, I, I would say that, you know, I, I like this change of pace. I think it's heavy. I think it fits. I really enjoy the the way it just makes me go, all right, all right, Sabtalica, let's have it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, guys, that has been us doing the 72 Seasons song, You Must Burn. And um, we'll be back next week to tackle another song on the album. That is going to be the mighty Luxa Turner with Brad B of Single Podcast Theory. Any Pearl Jam heads, any MUYP heads will know and love Brad B. And I can't wait to chat to the guy about that song. So we'll be back. If you want to listen to that right away, you can go onto the Patreon and support. Uh, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, at MetallicaPod. Go back through the archives. Check out all the old episodes. Check out the episode that me and Aaron did. Check out ridiculous rock record reviews. Like, this is the thing that I really need to point to because 
it is a terrific podcast. If you enjoy Alcatel, you will definitely enjoy the show. Aaron, I'm just looking through now, because obviously you cover every two weeks, right? Do you do it or every week? Seems like well, we've we, we've fallen into this new pattern, like three weeks on, one week off. So, but most most of the month we put out a, an episode. Ooh, I'm just looking through now, and you reviewed the replacements. Please to meet me. I'm a big fan of that album. I need to listen nice. to that episode. Haven't listened to that album yet. I haven't listened to the episode yet. But yeah, that's got like Alex Chilton on right, and Nightclub sure Jitters, does. and mm-hmm. IOU. Does that open yep. it? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a few of can hardly wait. Yeah, I'm. I'm a giant replacements fan, actually. I'm a giant replacements fan. I am too. Yeah. Are you actually? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Tim or Let It Be? Oh, wow. You had to say that, didn't you? Stop I, I, give the, I give the slight nod to Let It Be. Yeah. I just yeah. like the I rawness. Love Tim, though. Yeah. 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 Did, you, did you listen to them when they came out? Am I dating you there? Just well, out of no, interest. No, no. I discovered them later on when they okay. were going. Yeah, I wasn't in. I wasn't an indie rock listener. I never have been. So it's like eighty four. Yeah, eighty four, eighty six. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. That little tangent there on replacements world, but uh, I do love the replacements. <laughs> and you've also covered Zappa, Pink Floyd. It's just in the last, you know, couple of weeks. Couple. Of, oh, Jim Croce. Oh, nice. The Black Crows. So. Guys, go see this podcast out. Obviously, I've been on the podcast as well. We did Boston. We did Van Halen. And uh, we did Steely Dan just recently. Pretzel Logic. That was a lot, a lot of fun. So, we need uh, to have you back. We talked about oh, what we're going to do next, didn't we? Oh, we did. Um, <laughs> uh, dire Straits, right? Yes. Yes, yes. let's go. Yeah, yeah. Jo- I'll be huge Dire Straits fan as well, yeah. Um, so that's going to... Yeah. Mark Knopfler, genuinely probably the most underrated British guitar player. Like, just... I- so I can't disagree. Can't disagree with that. Like, yep. Especially, like, I'm not talking later era Love Over Gold, which I love as well, you know, but that kind of, like, spacious. Sort of stuff. I'm just talking about those early albums, that flinty, finger-picked Telecaster rock that he did. Like, it was just fucking awesome. Like Amazing. You know, such good note choice, like, I get, unlike Kirk. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... I will be on Aaron's podcast soon, I'm sure, to tackle uh, Dire Straits. And, uh, yeah, go on, check out Aaron's podcast, Check out our chats now for Talica. Check out 72 Seasons. Listen to Lux Turner another million times to get ready for next week's episode. It's on Patreon if you want to listen right now. Aaron, thanks again. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate this. I love your podcast. Always have.